1: podcasts.
0: Dan, let's start there because I feel like, let's go back to the Ryan Poles interview. I think that may be some of the most significant stuff, at least so far. And I wanted to touch on a couple of things that you wrote about in your, in your coverage of that press conference, of that media session. Let's begin with the risk reward calculus that he, I think, as you, I think, you used the word hint. He hinted at a direction the Bears may be leaning. This all could be subterfuge it all could be a misdirection at the same time it makes sense if it's not it makes sense if in regard to specifically Jalen Carter that he showed and sounded a little bit more cautious than maybe we might have expected at at this stage of the process and just how how did he address the Jalen Carter situation when asked about what he might do if he's there at number nine
1: yeah, so I asked him directly on Monday afternoon how he would characterize the complexity of the valuation, given all that's happened with Jalen Carter from the, the, the legal standpoint uh, in, in late February, early March, from the pro day that the Bears were attending heavily earlier this month and, and how they just kind of try to figure this out. And Ryan described it as a big puzzle. Those were his words, that it's a big puzzle that they're trying to put through. Um, and through a series of follow ups that, that we we all asked in the in the group setting, uh, just try to get a feel for where his risk tolerance is. And it sounds like just given the the current construction of the team and where they are in their building process that Ryan is is prioritizing the, the focus on the risks more than the um, sort of enthusiasm about the potential rewards in this case because he feels like they're a young developing team that still needs to get a lot more in place to be in a position to take a big risk such as this and when you have the number 9 overall pick and you're picking in the top 10 and you've got so many needs around your roster you want to try to make sure that you eliminate uncertainty as much as possible you're never going to eliminate it fully you may not even be able to eliminate it 50% but it sure seems that that's the way they're leaning. Now, I will say this. I sat in Mobile, Alabama in 2017 and listened to Ryan Pace tell us that his ideal quarterback was a, a, a guy that had taken his college program and lifted it to new heights and shown a track record over years of playing high-level football. And everybody walked away from that and said there's no way they're drafting Mitch Trubisky and it turned out to just be a cover. you know. So it is the spring in the NFL. There is uh, you know, <laughs> subterfuge as you called it and, and, and lying that goes on and, and concealing of intentions or whatever you want to call it. So we'll know for sure uh, in early may late april what where the bears landed on this but it it sure seems that if you're going to take ryan as a straight shooter that that he is giving you his phil- phil- philosophy and how it marries up with sort of the philosophies that Matt Eberflus and Kevin Warren echoed in terms of their wants to build around players that meet the key core criteria that they've set forth for building their football team.
0: I'll acknowledge that a lot of what we hear might be executives saying things they think they should say and maybe serving the masses or pandering to an audience, but I do wonder if there's a relationship between something else that was reported and what we're talking about. I think it was during the conversation with Ryan Poles maybe it was Kevin Warren but there's the the understanding that George McCaskey who's the chairman of the team Kevin Warren who is the president of the team they will be involved in the decision whether or not to draft Jalen Carter now on one hand there's going to be those people who always believe separation of church and state how dare you intrude on my football matters on the other and this is where I am these are guys who are Adults, these are guys who are professionals, not that everyone's an adult here, but you have the chairman of the team whose family owns the franchise, and you have a president who has a track record uh, that is a very good one and got the job because of the way that he makes decisions and because of his judgment. Why wouldn't you want to rely on those resources? Why wouldn't they be involved? So I wonder, Dan... Could that inclusion be why Ryan Poles might be a little bit more hesitant because those guys may think, you know what, take the sure thing because our experience tells us you're going to be better off that way.
1: Well, you know, I I think it's a, um, a group effort. For, for real, I think that this this organization has, has developed those open lines of communication where nobody is necessarily kind of putting a heavy hand on things and saying this is what you should do, this is what you must do. They're sounding it out. And I think philosophically that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflu share the philosophy of their owner and, and chairman and, the, and their team president of, of understanding, like, if we are going to express the need to develop a championship culture, one of our first headline moves can't be to – bring in a a potential disruption to the culture that we've expressed is our vision to lay forth. And so look, like I I think what you speak to there is a a topic that we can get to maybe a little bit later in this podcast, but the marriage between Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles right now seems to be very happy. Both of those gentlemen seem very energized by the other's presence and their ability to work hand in hand with one another, to sound out tough decisions, to collectively, um, you know, crystallize a philosophy and a vision. And when you have that, it provides what kevin warren described yesterday as a calm like kevin warren said that, that for a 3 and 14 football team there's a level of calm amongst the owner the president the general manager and the coach that's atypical for a team that 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 is um mired in struggle right and trying to figure out their way up the mountain um, and so this is just part of the, the the puzzle building process and i think there is just that shared vision and the understanding that hey We have to we have to stay true to our vision. And every time you deviate from it, you introduce something that could be a an obstacle that didn't need to be introduced.
0: Well, let's look at that because I thought it was interesting too, the Kevin Warren piece of this and your conversation with him, with the other Bears beat reporters. I found it kind of, I I smiled. I found myself grinning when it was described and maybe it was him, maybe it was you, but in your story, he talked about more of a feeling like a college roommate that he had with Ryan Poles because of the familiarity that they achieved very quickly. And there was a comfort level with the two in terms of communicating Even though he doesn't take over till April 17th, he's been around the building. And that comfort and that familiarity, I think, is not insignificant. And I think if it helps create a confidence in making these tough decisions or maybe a confidence in the consensus or collaboration, that's not a dirty word anymore, guys. So I I think it's an interesting thing to keep track of because there seems to be that fit very quickly.
1: We have to be careful of – describing these things and telling our audience why we deem them as notable and significant and separating that from an idea that this is forecasting some run of five to six championships up the road we're we're not there no yeah I just want to be careful of that because I get pushed back a lot when I talk about what I think Kevin Warren's presence and his very very uh, harmonious union with Ryan Poles could mean for the Bears going forward and what you described there um, it was Colleen Kane's story that that described them as uh, you know college roommates. There's a, there's just a, a comfort level, but I I, I think w- what it does is create steadiness, right? And and we've demanded for years that the Bears have more steadiness, that they just show an ability to to uh, not step in holes and, and trip and stumble and do these things. And when you have those steadiness and you have that clarity of vision and you have that, the clear lines of communication, it just makes everything run smoother and you need things to run smooth in order to make your way up uh, the, the mountain, which again, it's a cutthroat league with 31 other teams trying to do the same thing you're doing, which is just p- pursue a Lombardi trophy. And to have that, 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 that vision and that, that ability to work, together closely with one another, it's important. Now, we've heard it before, right? We heard this with previous regimes, and it ends up falling on uh, hollow times a, a, at some point. But I, I do think that there's something here here that's notable.
0: Well, I, I do, too. And I, and I think all we're talking about is the evidence of consistency. Consistency is basically just predictable success. And when you have leaders who have had that kind of success, and I'm pointing straight to the top with Kevin Warren, it does stand out. Look, I've been covering this team. This is 20 years this week. You've been here for 10 and I think that when you're here that long and you see as many, as many examples of corporate dysfunction as we have, yeah. these yeah. kind of signs stick out. And so they're not insignificant. The one thing I also think was interesting, Ryan Poles, I'm sorry, Kevin Warren talked about Ryan Poles in terms of his IQ, his EQ, the fact that he was smart and intelligent, emotional intelligence, and the maturity that he brought into the decision to trade the number one overall pick when he did. What else did he have to say about that, Dan?
1: Well, look, I I think there was an understanding that, um, again, they were prepared, you know, and preparation is part of eliminating dysfunction. It's a a part of creating steadiness, and the Bears knew going into this offseason that they were going to have some very difficult decisions, and they worked through their conversations, they worked through their hypotheticals, they worked through their evaluations, and when the offers came in, Ryan Poles told us that there were four legitimate offers on his table, and he didn't shop them against one another. He just knew what he had in his, his pocket, and he tried to figure out what was best, and when you had that addition to DJ Moore and the ability to move early on it, they just felt it was right to go down that path there. Talking to people around the league, David, most people within the NFL circles believe that the Bears got themselves a really, really good deal in this trade. And and one guy in p- specifically who's biased, obviously, uh, Andy Reid, who worked r- with Ryan closely in Kansas City, um, said a, a wonderful deal for the Bears to not only get a, a, a proven player as part of the package, but then to just add picks, not have to move outside the top 10 and now give yourself – the chance to add difference-making players in this draft. Now, we all know the chance and actually adding them are two different things. That's why the end of April is going to be so significant to where this Bears team is ultimately going to go short-term and long-term. And that's as important as anything that we'll talk about from Arizona in March. But at the same time, you've got an a, a, a evidence that the Bears handled a very, very important decision in a way that was informed and smooth and, and collaborative.